This week, I am sharing the second part of a two-part special interview with talent management executive Kevin Ritchie. Last week, I shared part one, which was a tremendous success. This week, the interview focuses on what it means to be successful and taking risk in your career. Please enjoy part two of the interview with special guest Kevin Ritchie. Welcome to the Finance Leader Podcast, where leadership is bigger than the numbers. I am your host, Stephen McLean. This is the podcast for developing leaders in finance and accounting. This is episode number 55. Last week, I shared part one of the interview with special guest Kevin Ritchie. He provided some amazing insights into leadership, team culture, and a few others. This week, it's part two of that interview, and Kevin and I talk about what it means to be successful. And I asked him about what it means to take risk and the relationship to taking risk and having a successful career. But before we get into part two, I want to share again briefly what Kevin said about leadership from last week, because it's important for us to understand how learning leadership is critical to our success. So enjoy this short segment from last week about what it means to lead versus managing. You know, one of the, I guess to back up, if, if I were to distinguish between management and leadership, you know, they're used interchangeably. There's tons of books written uh, using both words. And, you know, frankly, if it were easy and simple, there'd be no reason for all those books. Um, <laughs> if people could just show up on earth and do it well, uh, there wouldn't be a lot of books about it. So clearly there's a need uh, for us to do it better. Um, for me, it's really important because ultimately you're impacting other human beings by being in a, a management chair or a leadership chair. Um, the distinguishing, and you'll hear arguments around, are they the same? Are they different? Uh, ultimately for me, management, if you think of for example, project management, that's about checking boxes. So I'm hitting milestones, I'm accomplishing tasks, things are done on time, on budget. So it's really a checkmark exercise. Leadership to me is accomplishing all of that, but also inspiring the human beings that are on your team and helping them develop and grow as individual humans. Uh, that to me is the distinguishing feature between the two. And for me, it's about serving those individual humans, um, helping remove obstacles for them, understanding them at a human level so that when someone shows up to work and you're working on a project together and you notice that, you know, Susie is just really not engaged today, it's knowing her well enough to be able to A, pick up the nonverbals and then B, ask her about it and then C, have enough trust between you for her to tell you what's going on. Because clearly something's going on. She's usually a high performer, and today she's just not showing up fully as herself, and that's impacting the work. So um, that would be the distinguishing feature for me. And um, you know, if you think about management or accomplishing tasks, you know, you can use tools, whether they're digital tools or physical tools. Uh, you know, building a house or whatever it might be. Those things tend to wear out. Uh, over time or become obsolete, uh, whereas human beings should be increasing in value over time for the organization. So to me, our job as leaders is to facilitate that increase in value over time. 
Now, what Kevin said is important for us to understand why learning leadership can make a huge difference in our career. But I also know it's difficult to practice when in reality you are facing many tough tasks every day with short deadlines and you are trying to get things done before five more difficult tasks show up. But you can also apply leadership principles as you go and you can do it at your pace. For example, try to practice better communication. Start to trust your best performing team member with more responsibility. Start to think about your vision and sharing that with the team, and there are many others. Start to adopt best leadership practices a little each day as you improve so you can improve the situation on your team. This will produce results. It will. Now I want to share part two of the interview with talent management executive Kevin Ritchie, where we discuss what it means to be successful and the application of taking risk. Kevin uses a great example about how to solve problems. So please enjoy. So what do you think is the difference between a successful team manager and one who just continually uh, is struggling to get the work done and to develop their team? Just tell me the difference between the ones who are able to figure it out and the ones who just don't seem to have any success at all. Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. And I'm so Unlike a lot of HR folks, I grew up as sort of a data guy and a numbers person. Um, you know, I was a trader, trading stocks and bonds and mutual funds prior to entering the HR world. So I'm a little bit numbers driven. Um, so to me, the story is in part in the numbers. So what is the team accomplishing in terms of goals, in terms of performance for the company? You know, are we getting clothes done in time? You know, five days after the close of the month, or is it taking us 15 days after the close of the month? There's a number story somewhere in that that tells us whether we're succeeding or not as a, as a leader. Um, and then it's sort of an evaluation of, you know, partially trust, but partially, you know, what culture are we setting in the team? You know, if we aren't hitting our numbers goals-wise, if not, why not? Um, what are the obstacles? Are you asking for help when you need it? Are you taking um, time to ask the questions? Are you taking risks? Uh, in some spaces, we should be taking risks. Um, are you learning from your failures? You know, if you really missed it and blew the numbers one month in terms of reporting, I once had a CFO that estimated we would lose $50 million and we lost $150 million, you know, <laughs> didn't last very long in the organization, but are we taking the time with those small failures to say, Hey, why did we fail? What did we learn from that? How can we make sure that doesn't happen in the future? Are we questioning the status quo? Gosh, maybe our process is broken and it's giving us a bad outcome every time. Well, if you see <laughs> the analogy I heard once was you see these infants floating down in a river and you're trying to pull them out and rescue them all as fast as you can, that might work for a while, but then you're going to get tired. What you need to go is find out who's throwing them in and go upstream. It's the same here with leadership and your team success. You, if multiple times a month or a year you're failing every month at the same type of task and you need to go upstream and figure out where the problem is uh, because clearly changing tactics isn't working for you and then 
I think the difference between a successful and unsuccessful leader is unsuccessful leaders rely on themselves way too much and on their team way too little. They haven't built the relationships with their team. They haven't built the right team in some cases. Uh, The number one dissatisfier of a high performer is a manager not dealing with low performers on their team. So I'm sitting here as a high performer. There's a low performer next to me, and they keep causing us to fail as a team, and my leader won't deal with it because they're they're conflict avoidant. Deal with the conflict. Eject the person who's not helping you succeed. Get them in the right chair in the organization if it's somewhere else, or get them out of the organization. One of the regrets I've had over the years at times that I learned to be better at later in my career was when it's not working, it's not working, and you've got to trust that it's not working and get them out faster than you you probably feel like you should because you're a good human, you love people, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or impact their out, outside life. Guess what? To me, it's to, to give them the most dignity as humans, it's freeing them up from something they're going to continue to fail at. You know, help them be successful somewhere else because if it's not working with you, it's not, you know, and you've tried everything, it's, it's not going to work. It's okay. Move on. Uh, they'll move on right. to and they'll agree. That's a great point. You tell me a, a little bit more about taking risk and it, the relationship to being successful. You know, this somewhat comes from kind of the agile methodology. So if you think of, and I won't give a tutorial on, you know, agile versus other product development processes, but, you know, waterfall versus agile. You know, the basic lesson is in agile, figure out what things are going to make the most difference, you know, high risk, but high reward if they work. So, you know, identify those high risk, high reward things that you could implement that would benefit the company and then go after them and fail fast because you want the things that are potentially high reward to be tried first. And if they're not going to work, you want them to fail quickly so that you can move on to the next thing, the next highest potential reward for the company and then go on. So as leaders, sometimes we're afraid to take risks because we're afraid, you know, we're going to get fired or, you know, we're going to be disciplined if it doesn't work. But if you look at any profile of successful leaders throughout history, uh, it's the folks who took extra risk. You know, it's thinking of different examples. Just it's the ones who went ahead and tried to get the high reward payoff, knowing that they can completely fail. And ultimately, that led to more success over time. And, and now they're you know great historical leaders because of that that high risk behavior they took. So. At a very small scale, us as individual leaders and new managers, be comfortable with risk. That's that's why you get the bigger paycheck uh, than your team members. Because right, exactly, I I uh, I advocate for people to, especially if they're trying to move on and try to advance their career, is to jump on some of those high visibility projects, which oftentimes some people shy away from because they're too afraid to get in get into something that may get them in front of people that will judge them. And so I'm a huge advocate for jumping on a high visibility project and just putting a hundred percent into it and give it everything you've got, take the risk, jump in front of people, get a chance to talk about what you, you have contributed to the project 
And don't be afraid to take that risk. Just jump in there and get it done. Agree. And I think the, you know, as a, if you're in a management position on that high risk project, my rule of thumb is if, if it goes well, you give your team credit. If it goes poorly, you take the blame. You know, our job as leaders is to take the incoming and to be that cover for our team. And it helps the team stay focused on the task and getting it done. Uh, nothing lights me up more than have my team recognized. That's what I live for as a leader. If they're getting recognized for good work, then I've done my job. If we're failing, then I'm not doing my job because I'm not getting the, the best and the most out of them. You know, and it goes back to building trust when you do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we talked about some very um, interesting and really good topics today, especially for uh, that leaders can use when they're leading their teams and really trying to shape uh, the team culture. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we uh, end our discussion? Well, just knowing your target audience, finance and accounting professionals, uh, I would just say I've had great partnership with those folks over the years. Uh, I, you know, the, the best CEOs, they're, you know, they're, their top three are the CFO, uh, the CHRO, and a, typically an operations person. And, you know, I think it's much like you've advocated really strong partnership from an HR perspective. I think, you know, make sure you're, you're dealing with your, your talent professionals in a way that helps them help you succeed. And uh, I've had great partnerships over the years with my finance folks, um, I usually hit my budgets and all those good things, but you know, ultimately we're all human beings Very with good. needs, wants, and desires, and um, all of us have the potential to be really great leaders if we just focus on on it. So uh, I'm excited to see how how you continue to help your your audience grow. All right, thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you for joining me on the Finance Leader Podcast. I appreciate it, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Likewise, take care. All right. Thank you. I really like Kevin's answer on risk and how it shapes your ability to be successful in the long run. Again, I really enjoyed this interview. I learned a lot and I hope you did too. Kevin was a great guest and I will try to have him on the podcast again in the future. Now this wraps up season six. The next few weeks I will be sharing bonus episodes as I prepare season seven, which will debut on July 20th. Thank you for the incredible support. Keep working on developing your leadership ability. It will give you an edge in your career. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by my course through Finance Leader Academy. It's called Advance Your Finance and Accounting Career, Developing a Promotion Strategy That Will Set You Apart. To advance your career, you must set yourself apart from your peers. Finance and accounting professionals are already expected to be technically competent. This course helps you establish your professional foundation and how you can set yourself apart from your peers by growing your leadership skills and developing your executive presence. You can go to stephenmcclain.com for more details on this career advancement course. The link is also in the show notes with this episode. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the Finance Leader Podcast. I am dedicated to helping you grow your leadership because it is leadership that will set you apart from your peers. You can get this episode wherever you find podcasts. Until next time, you can check out more resources at stephenmcclain.com and sign up for my updates so you don't miss an episode of the show. And now, go lead your team, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.